0: Our scripture this morning is from Ruth, chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Meanwhile, Boaz went up to the gate and sat down there. Just then, the Redeemer, about whom Boaz had spoken, was passing by. He said, Sir, come over here and sit down. So he turned aside and sat down. Then he took ten men from the town's elders and said, Sit down here. And they sat down. Boaz said to the Redeemer, Naomi, who has returned from the field of Moab, is selling the portion of the field that belonged to her brother Elimelech. I thought that I should let you know and say, Buy it, in the presence of those sitting here, and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you won't redeem it, tell me so that I may know. There isn't anyone to redeem it except you, and I'm next in line after you, he replied. I will, I will redeem it. Then Boaz said, On the day when you buy the field from Naomi, you also buy Ruth the Moabite, the wife of the dead man, in order to preserve the dead man's name for his inheritance. But the Redeemer replied, Then I can't redeem it for myself without risking damage to my own inheritance. Redeem it for yourself. You can have my right of redemption because I am unable to act as a Redeemer. This is the word of God for the people of God.
1: Uh-oh. This happened at uh, OU the other day, and it, it got on social media. Uh, Eddie Rester's associate pastor did the same thing, but I'm all right. Nobody got that, did they? Good. All right. I need to cover my notes, because Lindsay stole some of my notes for her deal. But, uh, oh, man. It's been so much fun to, to walk with Ruth uh, and Naomi, Boaz. Maybe fun's not the word. It's been a tough trek. Uh, as they've gone through a lot, but it's been interesting. And I hope that you've, these last couple of weeks, and I hope today you find some parallels in in your life and our life together, and maybe what God uh, was up to back then is still up to something uh, in our lives. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for this beautiful story. 3,000 years old, but we see it as a mirror. We see ourselves in it. We also see it as a window. We see a window into your kingdom. God, open us our eyes and most of all, open our hearts that we might let what we learn in. In your name we pray. Amen. So, to catch everybody up, almost did it again. To catch everybody up, scene one, Naomi, Naomi and her husband, Elimelech, and their two kids, their sons, are experiencing famine in the land. There is no barley, there's no wheat, and they have to go. So they become refugees in a faraway country, Moab. And they go about 50 or 60 miles in what is now modern-day Jordan from their hometown of Bethlehem, and tragedy strikes. It is nothing but pain and emptiness and bereavement as... Naomi, uh, uh, early on, she sees her sons marry some wonderful women. So that's good. But then she loses both her sons. She loses her husband. And to make matters worse, Moab experiences emptiness and famine. And so they come back. They come back. but I say they. Naomi comes back, and she tells her two daughter-in-laws, you need to stay right here, in Moab find yourself a good husband and let me go because we're, you're not going to survive as uh, you know, foreign people uh, in my homeland. Why don't you go? And and they both insisted that they stay. She says, no, I'm, I'm not going to find you a husband, which in that day was almost like a death sentence for a woman, you see. You're not going to survive if you go with me. I, I can't bear you more sons to marry. It's not going to happen, so stay. Orpah decides... To stay. But it says that Ruth clings to her and she says, the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful statements in in all of the Bible Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. I will go with you. I will live with you. I will walk with you. I will be with you until I die. And so, this amazing love, this chesed that Ruth shows her mother in law. Uh, chesed meaning loving kindness. It's it's an attribute. It's attribute, basically attribute number one that we believe God to be. God is love. Whatever we believe God to be, that is the center foundational thing. And right there in the middle of the Old Testament, Ruth shows her mother-in-law godly love. I'm going with you, Naomi. And so they go back. But you remember, Naomi, they go back to the gate, they come in, and it's been about 10 years. Naomi's friends say, welcome back, Naomi. It's great to see you. And there's Ruth right with her. And Naomi says, I'm bitter. I'm empty. It's, it's, I, I quit. I quit. I've got nothing, which I always wonder. Man, that must have hurt Ruth's feelings a little bit. Here's Ruth, you know. But uh, anyway, she still sticks with her through thick and thin, even when Naomi turned bitter. Last week, we had a key word. First week with Susan was chesed. This last week was Hayil, H-A-Y-I-L, which means integrity, which, which always happens when God's people begin to see God at work and begin to join God in holy work, holiness of light, life, loving other people. And so we get a little turnaround this past week because... All of a sudden, Naomi begins to notice Ruth again. Not, I have nothing, I'm bitter. But she starts to see what is playing in her favor. There was a military, uh, uh, military general who once said, there are three keys to battle. And I think it's, it's three keys in peacetime as well, and I love it. He said, number one, three strikes and you're not out. Rule number two, there's always something you can turn in your Favor, no matter how bad things get. Rule number three, there's always something you can do to turn in your favor no matter how bad things get. And so, Naomi sends Ruth to the field and it just so happened, God is not right there out front. God is sort of behind the scenes, in between the lines. Uh, It just so happens that Ruth begins to glean in a field owned by big Boaz. Boaz, a good businessman. He knows his employers. He has chayil, it says. He has integrity. And he says, who is that Moabite woman? And they, uh, Or who is that woman? Oh, she's that Moabite woman with Naomi, who came back from, with Naomi. And he begins to notice her. He begins to leave stuff for her. He begins to protect her. And He begins to show signs of hail toward this foreign woman. He doesn't just obey the law of the land by letting poor people and orphans and widows glean from the field. He does one more thing. He notices and sees people and she is seen. They talk to each other. So barley and wheat in the fields... For uh, it, it, uh, harvesting bar, barley takes about three, three and a half weeks. And then wheat is right on the heels of that and the bounty is coming in. And for seven weeks, for seven weeks, Ruth goes home uh, and to Naomi. And Naomi goes, how's it go? How's it going? Did you say anything to Boaz? Did he say anything to you? And, uh, right, she's trying to find her man, right, Lindsay? And, uh, and so, you know, Boaz is next to kin. She starts thinking about that. See, she, as soon as she stops sort of feeling sorry for herself, which she really kind of deserved to, to tell you the truth. I would too. But as soon as she stopped wallowing in her pity, she began to see things, possibilities, resources. And I tell you, sometimes I get stuck with Naomi. Sometimes I feel like I'm so bitter that I don't see anybody that's helping me. I don't see people that are walking alongside me. But she loses that tunnel vision, and she begins to see possibility. But doggone it, you know, no roses, no chocolates, no nice emails from Boaz, nothing on Facebook, he's not liking it. So, like, she's really got to think, hey, I've got to figure uh, something out. So, so she says, my daughter, I need to seek some security for you. We need to take it in our own hands, babe. That's what she's saying. We're going to do something. So here's what I want you to do. Um, she outlines a plot to encourage um, this Boaz. So she urges Ruth to put on her best gown, maybe a little accessorize with some pearls, uh, a little Chanel number five. Because what she knows is this. She knows that all the guys are sleeping in the threshing floor. It's on the top of the hill. By the way, Pam would love this, but by the way, we're going to get to see that threshing floor in Israel. And there are two more spots for the Israel trip. See, Pam. Okay, end of commercial. Um, So they're there. They're protecting this because this wheat and this barley, y'all, this is life and death for the community. So all the men... All the men are guarding this, this, uh, these heaps of uh, wheat and barley. She says, you go and you do exactly what I tell you to do. Well, she says, you go in there and, and you look real nice. Wait until he's had his big Thanksgiving meal. Had plenty of turkey. And um, when he gets real sleepy and you, you get a chance, I want you to go and um, I want you to uncover his feet and I want you to lay next to him. Now... Hebrew, like readers, people who know Hebrew would go, whoa, that's a little racy. Because feet might mean something else in some parts of the Old Testament. So it's like, whoa, what's happening here? Um, and, but that's not the point, though. So get your mind out of the gutter. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. She goes, she, she does, she, and, it says, and it says, and Ruth does exactly what her mother-in-law Naomi tells her to do. But that's, that's kind of true. But she really does a little bit more. See, Ruth shows some chutzpah as well, I think. Because here's what happens. She lays down next to him and uh, under the covers. And all of a sudden, Boaz wakes up and sits up and says, Whoa, what is going on here? You know, this is not where women should be. You know, this is not good. Who is this? Who is this? And this is what she said. And here's the slide there, uh, Daniel, if you'll put it up. She says, I am Ruth, your handmaid. And the word, the handmaid can mean a, a sir, or your servant or maybe companion. Spread your cloak, she said. Literally, it's wing. Spread your wing over your handmaid, because you are the Goel. You are the Redeemer. Ruth proposed to Boaz. Now, it's a little bit odd for a woman to do that in this day, but buddy, you better believe 3,000 years ago, that was radical. She proposed to him. She said, you are the next of kin's. You are the kinsman redeemer. Act like it. Act like it. And I want you to be mine. Not very romantic way to propose, but she does it. She tells him, and when when she says, put your wing over me, it's exactly what Boaz said to her When he ran into her in the fields eight weeks before, when he said, You are a woman of integrity. You have shown great chesed loving kindness to Naomi. May God spread his wing over you. You spread your wing over me. I want you to be my husband. And he does. He marries Ruth after he's cleverly dispatched another more closely related uh, kinsperson. That, and that's what Wes read. I know it was a little confusing to read that, but this is what he does. He says, I'll marry you, but wait, there's one other guy in line before me. One other person who's more closely related to Naomi than I am. He's got first dibs. Isn't that brutal? It'd be, t- be tough to be a woman in that. I mean, that's, that's brutal. But he says, I think I got a plan. So what he does is, is, from the secret conversation at night, and Ruth gets out of there before the sun comes up so nobody sees her. He is in the, in, the, in the light of day. He is at the city gate. And everybody, every day, goes through the city gate. It's like the main stop sign in a small town, right? Everybody goes there. The women go to get their water. The men go to their fields. Everybody passes. And all of a sudden... The first kinsman, the guy who had, according to Levitical Jewish law, had rights to her first, and to, the, uh, to her first passed by. And it says, hey, friend, in here, but really what, uh, what Boaz says is, hey, you, come over here for a second. So basically what he did was this. Naomi's, uh, Naomi's a widow, and her husband who died owned land, Elimelech owned land. And so Boaz goes, hey, there's some land for sale. It's uh, a limilex land. And uh, uh, you're the closest of kin. It's a pretty good deal. We don't know how much he, pay. he was going to pay for it. But he said, you get first dibs, so would you like it? He said, is, it, is this a good lot? or good a good view? I mean, can I put a hat? Whatever. He, I don't know what he said, but what, here's what he said. He said, I'll take it. And he said, there's one more thing, though, you need to consider before you buy the land. It comes with a Moabite woman, a foreigner named Ruth, and you get her too. And he knew exactly what that meant. He probably knew, or maybe Boaz told him that she was was going to bear children. That was going to be more wisdom teeth. She'd have to pay. He'd have to pay to get outright more braces. He thought about his 529, all the stuff that was going to happen, right? And he said, "You know what? I think I'll pass. I think I'll pass." Boom. See, that was pretty shrewd. Because it wasn't about the land. It's about the people. It's about people who are connected to the land. And Boaz was able to pull it off. He was able to pull it off. Then all the people at the gate, it said, along with the elders, said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house like Rachel and Leah. May this Moabite woman be like the two mothers of all the tribes of Israel who together built the house of Israel. Ruth quickly becomes pregnant. After they get married, she bears a son. But here's the cool thing, women. At the end of the story, the men disappear. The voices of the women stay strong. These bodacious women. Their voices, their voices ring out. And Ruth, they put that sign into Naomi who said she was empty and bitter. And they put this beautiful boy with ten fingers and ten toes into Naomi's arms, and she's a doting grandmother. I've heard grandparents say this. They've said this before. Some of you can attest. If I had known how good grandchildren would be, I would have had them first. (laughs) Ten fingers and ten toes into the loving arms of Obed, this little baby's nanny. Naomi, who is no longer empty, but full. But it's more than that. Obed has Jesse. Obed and his wife. I couldn't figure out whose wife Obed was. It's like they go right back to dissing women in the Bible. But here's the deal. Obed and his wife have Jesse. Jesse and his wife have David, the greatest king in the history of Israel. It's not just Ruth and Boaz and Naomi who are saved. It's not just Bethlehem. It's the whole of Israel. It's always more than they could ever have. God is always overwhelming us, our emptiness, with more fullness than we could ever have. The women in the neighborhood, they get to name the baby It's the women in the village that name the baby Obed, which means servant. Blessed be Yahweh, the women say, who has not left you today without Goel, redemption. His name will be proclaimed in all Israel. He shall be for you. And here's what redemption means still to this day. He shall be for you a returner of life a nourisher in your old age. Surely your daughter-in-law who loves you has been born him, she who is better for you than seven sons. Seven is the number of completion, meaning all the sons in the world. Finally, at the end of Ruth, at the end of this story, Ruth is no longer that Moabite woman. She's Ruth. She's part of the family. She has been redeemed. And she has experienced redemption. The resplendent Ruth. She is amazing. What's awesome about this as well is that when it says a nourisher in your old age, surely your daughter-in-law who loves you has has born him. Surely the one who loves you. That's the only time the word love... I'm not talking about cassette, but another form as a verb is there. Surely she has loved you. And surely love has driven the entire thread of this. Redemption and love going together. It is that devoted love that molds and drives the universe of God. Three strikes and you're not out. There's always something you can turn in your life to bring it back into your favor. This incredible story has more layers than a yellow onion. So let's just review. It's a story of loving kindness, chesed. Loving kindness that surprisingly flows through imperfect people who are living imperfect lives, chesed flowing. It's a story of chayil, integrity. A story where God works... Through over the top, well, the God works through the over the top integrity of others to bring about change. Where can you and I go over the top in our love, in our chesed, in our integrity for others? Surely that creates space for amazing things to happen. But it's not just that; it's a redemption story. Goel, where God, who is seldom mentioned, is threading His grace through every circumstance, restoration. Wings, A Journey from Bitterness to Joy. It's a story about empowerment. These women, especially a foreign woman, a refugee, has the least amount of power, legal or otherwise, in this land. And she becomes the voice and the body of God to others. Most importantly, I think it's a story about love. Just good old-fashioned love. The kind of love that creates a way where there is no way laughter out of deep sadness, that can flip the darkness at midnight at the threshing floor to the public announcement and the bright day at the gate. It can be all of the above and more. Boaz and Ruth, Ruth raise Obed. Obed raises Jesse. Jesse raises David. And on and on and on and on and on and on until in the book of Matthew and Luke you can find in Jesus Christ's genealogy a Moabite woman who was an outsider, who became an insider, named Ruth. That's the stuff that Jesus is made of. If your mind is racing to the stories that we're about to tell during the Christmas season, then you are on the right track, friends. A few hundred years later in the dark of night a woman of very low stature, a very poor woman, least likely to succeed, she will say yes to a scheming angel of God. And it will come at great risk and incredible danger because there will be people in that village who are ready to sew a scarlet letter on that woman. A startled fiancé named Joe... Will heed his dream to become to believe a woman's story, to believe what this woman was telling him that happened to her, something that was very hard to believe. A son will be born to her, and when they put his ten toes and his ten fingers into her arms, she cannot know how many people will receive this gift and how great this gift to our, our world this will be. Through the acts and words and passion of her boy, they'll name him Jesus. He who redeems our kinsman. Just like his ancestor Ruth, right in the middle of the OT, the story will continue to be about what love can do if we let it. From the darkness of the threshing floor to the light of the day, through every feast and famine of our lives, who can dare not believe in hope? when something so vulnerable lands in your arms. Ten fingers and ten toes. Two wounded hands, two wounded feet, and a wounded side. You go hell. Behold. Amen. God of all grace and glory, There is a lot of grace in the Old Testament. Sometimes we shake it off, we discount it. We don't see where you are alive and well and working through people like Ruth and Naomi and Boaz and the women in the village. God, let it be said of us that we dared boldly, that we took a few risks, that we opened our eyes and saw your Goel all around us. May we too, like Boaz and Ruth, Be people of integrity so that we too might journey with you all the way from Moab to Bethlehem. Amen.